Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Simon Sweetman, and I, you know, if you've been listening to this, you know I go and find people to talk to, and often it's uh, musicians and writers and creative people of one kind or another. This episode's a little different. This is a chat with, um, with one of my oldest friends, a guy called Fraser Agnew. We went to school together. And uh, what we're talking about here really is, 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 well for me it's one of those things I never talk about with my friends, we never really talk about our jobs and how we got into them and what we actually do. Um, we're too busy, you know, quoting old movies and listening to music and drinking and catching up and talking absolute rubbish. So here we, after we'd done all of that, we sat down and had a, a pretty serious conversation about his involvement in the in the wine industry and how he got involved in it. Um, going from, you know, working in a bottle store and deciding, you know, needing a job and then deciding that he actually had a passion for this industry. And, and uh, you know, he's got a whole family story associated with wine and grape growing and that kind of keeps coming back into his story which we found out as, as, as we got talking about it. I mean I knew a little bit of this but I talked to him uh, more as an interviewer than as a friend so uh, I hope you like this one. As I say it's something very different for this podcast so far. It's it's my chat with, with a Hawke's Bay, uh, a, a good friend of mine is based in Hawke's Bay, a really good friend of mine. We've known each other for over 25 years and his name's Fraser Agnew and here is our chat. So I've known you for 20 years. <laughs> uh, I think that's 25. 25. No, no, I've known you for what, 25 years? Uh, yeah, I think uh, probably January 1990. That's I a guess long that's time. the start of third form. Yeah. And I want—I mean, I know a little bit about what you do, but I want to know what you do and why you do it. So, what do you do currently? Um, at the moment, I work for a company. Uh, in New Zealand and basically my job is growing grapes, so part of the wine industry. Yeah. Um, and I guess why I'm basically now is I grew up on a small vineyard in Hawke's Bay um, and I guess at that stage growing up when you're young it's not something you find it boring, you don't think it's something you want to continue with and it's only until you go out and, and try different things that you actually realise that's your passion and that's where you want to go back to, yeah. But I feel like you you had this idea quite some time ago. Like yeah. you've had this Yeah. You worked you worked in a bottle store. Yeah. And you weren't just a guy who worked in a bottle store that just I mean you were, like yeah. you yeah. were yeah, a guy. I know, I mean, I, you served me. Like yeah, I yeah. you know, we walked in and we I'm bought our age, piss off of you. Course, of yeah, age, yeah, 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 yeah. But we bought our piss off you, but um you were a guy who was a little bit more interested in just that, even when you were doing that. Yeah. So, but I guess, um, like a lot of people at 18 years of age, when you leave high school, you don't really know what you want to do. Mm-hmm. I always said, oh, well, I'll take a couple of years off um, working and then I'll sort out what I want to do and then go to university. And it never worked out that way. So, um, why yeah. not? Well, I don't know. It, it could it, have. It, I, it I could have, but I guess um, I'm more of a sort of a practical person. Yeah. Um, not great at sort of sitting still and, and you know going to seminars and um, writing and assignments and all the rest of it. I'm sort of more of a hands-on, you know, practical person. Do you, so, do you regret now? Do you regret going to, not going to university? Well, not really. You've done you've done some study, but do yeah, you regret yeah. not being that guy who left school and went to? Um, not not really because I mean I. Um, I think when I was 
Tweedy, I moved down to Wellington. I basically lived the the student lifestyle without I was having say, to go had the to extracurricular. Yeah, exactly. You've I done lived, that lived as the well. student life, and I worked as well. So I mean, that, that was fantastic to, to go to a bigger city and and once again still being in the wine industry, but seeing the other side of it, the sales and marketing side of it, mm-hmm. and working in that for probably I guess close to seven years. Mm-hmm. And then at that stage, I realised that's where I. I didn't want to be there. I wanted to get back out to the vineyard. So, so where did you get this idea that that's that's where you needed to be? That's what you wanted to do. Um, oh, I guess probably the summer of '99. I moved back from Wellington briefly and worked on the family vineyard for a summer, and that really cemented what I wanted to do. You know, and basically from that point onwards, I did a little, you know, extracurricular. Um, study and, all, and everything around it, but I knew at that stage that's where I wa- that's where I wanted to be. So now the study that you're doing is related to yeah, it was viticulture. It was while I was still working in yeah the sales side of it, but it was studying um, viticulture. But I knew that eventually that's really where I wanted to get because um, during that time it wasn't really the sales side of it's not really about viticulture and. And growing grapes and wine, yeah, it was yeah. about selling a product at a certain price point, especially when you're dealing making with the big recommendations. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's we're not getting screwed down on price, but it's selling an item. It could be toilet yeah. paper, it could be biscuits, yeah, shoes, uh, shoes or anything. Yeah. It wasn't about wine; it had nothing to do with it. It was just about getting selling a product in, in supermarkets and, and restaurants, I guess. So, so when do you go? I want. And what do you do about going, I want more than just that side of things? When do you go, like, and when do you realise I've got to do something different? I've got to do something to get from what I'm currently doing, which is just pushing a product. Yeah. Which, as you've said, could be anything, but it happens to be this. Yeah, yeah. How do you go, right, I'm actually genuinely interested in this as a product, and I, like beyond selling it I understand it I want to know more about it yeah so what happens well I guess it's just once again you you probably get a bit older and um, you really want to focus on what you want to get out of life and yeah for me it was just one of those things it was to move back from uh, from Wellington to Hawke's Bay but still on the sales side of it and just gradually work your way through it's I know sort of an organic type thing. That, so, that, that was my passion I guess. I realised I'd done the sales thing to the point and got as much out of it as I wanted to but I really wanted to go back onto the vineyard. You come from a um, family that's worked on the land. Yeah, yeah. Can you explain a little bit about that? Um, your grandparents, your, your, your father, yeah, what, um, your uncle. I guess. Um, what did they do? Uh, I guess my great-grandparents were the first ones to buy a bit of land in Hawke's Bay and they, it was mainly sort of sheep and, and back in those days in the 30s you were still, you know, um, breeding horses and all the rest of it. There was still a certain market for <coughs> what horses would do with cropping because there weren't a lot of tractors around mm. at that stage and um, my grandfather I think in the late 40s, early 50s <coughs> was tied in with James Waddy at that stage and they were obviously pioneering um, you know growing vegetables and canning them which is a big at that stage was a big part of Hawke's Bay so I guess it's in my blood to grow some sort of crop whether it's food or, or wine or whatever mm, mm. and I guess in the very late 70s early 80s 
Um, my father, along with his two brothers, um, branched out and started growing grapes, which was becoming popular and profitable at that stage. So, um, yeah, from then on, the rest is history. So what do you know about that growing up? Like you're saying the late 70s, early 80s, and that is exactly yeah. when you are a little kid. Yeah, yeah. And when do you understand that that's what your dad and your uncles are doing? Well, I guess it's... Um, and when does that mean something to you? It probably didn't a lot, mean a lot to me growing up as a kid because it meant um, after school on the weekends you had to go out and work on the vineyard or work with sheep and of course you don't get paid for it. Mm. It's boring, monotonous work at that stage and you don't really appreciate it but I guess somehow it gets into your blood and obviously through your teenage years hanging out with your parents or doing any sort of work is the last thing you want to do. Mm. But then as you get into your early 20s and you look at other things you realise it sort of bubbles back up to the surface and that's really what you want to do in a funny way it's been read into you I guess mm, yeah. Mm, mm. So what's your now what is your daily day to day what's roughly your job and what are you responsible um, for and Well I guess I'm sort of an assistant manager for a company called Indivin in Hawke's Bay we've got probably roughly 500 hectares of, of grapes there and being the assistant manager well it, it, you know that, that's a, a broad spectrum of what you do um, mainly it's telling your permanent staff what to do we've got probably seven or eight permanent people but during the season you might have 50 or 60 contract workers working for you so it's basically overseeing those people um, and that's everything from going through and checking on what they're doing, how they're working in the vineyard, to cleaning up portaloos and all the other glorious parts of the job. So mm. basically, you know, it's seasonal work, things change from month to month, but your main aim at the end of the day is to get um, your certain grapes and your grape varieties up to a certain spec that the company wants so they can uh, then harvest it and turn it into wine and sell it on to other clients and customers. When did you get the you knew something about wine like you've you've studied yeah you know yeah you've studied and you worked in a very hands-on sort of role yeah. in a in yeah. a in a, in a, in a, in a bottle store yeah um but when did you and you've dropped you know like yeah. you, you you've yeah. you've sampled the product well i guess the biggest turning point was my first job after high school was working in a liquor store in Hastings and of yeah. course there it's it's Tui and cask wine. Um, the biggest turning point I guess was moving down to Wellington um, to a place that was called Preston's Liquorland on the corner of I think it's Victoria and Abel Smith Street yeah. Yeah. and it was quite a well-known wine shop like uh, okay we were yeah. a specialist wine shop but you would get a lot of customers and a lot of corporate customers it's now coming a, um, down. It's now a, the mill I the think mill. it's the mill. Yeah it's, a, it's still a bottle store. And so you went from selling these um, lower price you know items to actually having to learn on your feet pretty quick mm -hmm. about wine and it was good you know being young um, we did plenty of wine tastings and wine options and you that really I guess probably pushed the passion in me that it wasn't just retail there was actually more to selling wine than as I said casks or mm -hmm. um, bottles under you know, ten dollars. Mm -hmm. And then you go back to Hawke's Bay you get more immersed in the actual wine industry. Yeah, well, it was a little bit different coming back to Hawke's Bay, going from Wellington where, um, as I said, it was a very big, broad spectrum. 
you go back to Hawke's Bay, it's a very smaller place. But Hawke's Bay's it's still wine big country. tourism yeah. thing yeah. is wine. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's pretty much the big hook, yeah. apart from yeah. the weather, yeah. which contributes to the wine. That is a big hook for... Well, it's, I guess, right? probably wine and um, horticulture, like apples, yeah. are very big yeah. and, and growing crops. But, yeah. yeah, it was interesting. It probably didn't have... Um, you know the scale of the different wines you were selling in Hawke's Bay once again you go back to your lower price point but it is a wine region so mm-hmm. that's where it's tied into um, mm-hmm. selling you know your premium products and all the rest around the, the region that you're living in yeah. what um, do you hope to get out of it what keeps you working in that industry what's your aim from here um, I guess it's it's something sort of different every day. Um, you're not going to an office and, and working in front of a computer in a, in a cubicle or whatever. Um, each day is different. You might start this time of the year, it's fairly quiet, 7.30 until 4 o'clock, so it's normal hours. Um, but it's, you know, every day is different. And that's mm-hmm. good, working with a different um, scope of people. We have a lot of people from overseas, um, especially this time of the year with pruning, different contractors and whatnot. But um, yeah, I mean, on a lovely day, there's no better place to be out in the vineyard. You, you're standing there, you're talking to people, you, you're working and you stand back and you've got a lovely view of the snow-capped ranges or Tomato Peak or the Triple Peaks. So uh, some days it can be the best office in the world. Mm. But then again, if it's freezing and cold, um, it can be the worst place in the world to be. So what keeps you doing it? Um, what do you get out of it? And what do you hope to get out of it? Well, I guess it's just... I don't know, it's hard to explain once again coming back to that's bred into you. It's just, it feels right, that's where I'm the happiest. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, um, when did you make that full, like you, you've, you've referenced it, but when did yeah. you make that full family connection that I'm actually doing something that my dad, my uncles, yeah, when, yeah. Did, when did that really connect for you? Um, it wasn't until you got back to Hawke's Bay? It wasn't until I got back to Hawke's Bay and probably from late 2005 and onwards when mm. I went out to the vineyards because you'd meet up with a lot of people that have been in the industry for years and they'd remember your parents and, mm-hmm. um, and all the rest of it. And so I think your name, not so much meant something, but no, it triggered Yeah, it triggered, it, it triggered something, something and um, people. one of the... Vineyards I look after at the moment used to be the old family trust farm, uh-huh. so there's that heritage there. You know, I live just across the road from it, so I guess even though it's still not in family, you know, hands at the moment, it's mm. still looking after. Um, I guess the old, you know, family farm, which is as close as I'll get to it. You know, with, mm-hmm. with land prices. So once again, you're sort of a, a custodian of, you know, of mm-hmm. family property. I guess. What do you look for in a wine to drink yourself? Um, what's your what are you look, hoping I'm a, to... Look, I'm not a huge red wine drinker, which is a bad thing to say coming from Hawke's Bay, but, you know, look, I love Chardonnay, but I think, you know, people get wound up on brands and what they should be drinking and, and styles and all the rest of it. I think if you're drinking wine and you're enjoying it, especially with friends, then just go for it. Don't worry about what's on the label. Just enjoy the experience. And what do you think the Hawke's Bay really does well in terms of um, selling itself as this wine destination or this or this area to yeah. get wine from? I think it does an okay job. I mean, it's it's come a long way in the last 20 years. I mean, 
early to mid 90s was an absolute ghost town but you look at the early 2000s you have the likes of Cellini, Trinity Hill, Craggy Range, you know big investment coming in there and and that's really what sort of elevated and lifted the place. It's not only mm. the wine, it's it's also the cuisine and restaurants and food. Mm. And I think that's purely on the back of the, the, the wine industry. But I think they could do a bit more, but, you know, in a way it's, um, you know, tourism's reasonably strong. So, um, yeah, if it's pu- pulling people in, but I think local government and all the rest of it could probably do a bit more marketing it. It's, you know. What's your dream job within the industry that you work in? What are you hoping um, to, or what are you hoping to achieve in your um, career? Well, just sort of keep keep on doing what I'm doing. I guess during the season, a few less hours would be good, but um, it's the satisfaction that you get, you know, March, April, when you're harvesting, you think it's it's been a full 12 months to get to there. And, it's not only how you manage the vineyard or the people, you throw in different weather events in the environment and that can always you know, throw up problems. But if you can get through and you produce for the company what they want, well, that's the big thrill. You know, I mean, that's my job ends when the truck goes out the gate with the grapes. Mm. Um, so as long as we can keep on going and keep on growing, I guess, and um, making better wines for the company, that's... Church, uh, Church Road, the Mission, um, I guess now um, more so some of the other places in Hawke's Bay uh, like Black Barn mm. are looking to or have been looking to to push the event yeah. as yeah. a thing that hooks people in. Yeah. What do you feel about that and, and what are your sort of connections with that, your memories with that? Um, How do you feel about that? I, th- I think it's good if it's done tastefully. Um, I mean, I used to be part of the company that owns Church Road and all the jazz events and uh, other concerts here. Mm-hmm. was reasonably good, but I mean, you don't want to push it so much that it ends up just being a big piss up in the middle of a paddock. You know what yeah. I mean? You've got to yeah, regulate yeah. it so it's actually tied into Hawke's Bay and the wine industry. It's not just an excuse for a, for a layer up. So yeah. Yeah, I think it, as long as it's done properly and it brings brings people into the region, hey, it's a good thing. But if it's just a, a blowout, well, it, it probably you know doesn't reflect well on the, the local wine industry. What do you think needs to happen to get more people uh, involved with with wine outside of a like? There's got to be a there are people that feel like there's a snob. You know, factor involved. Inside, there's yeah. a snob element yeah. involved. There's a that they like drinking wine, but mm. they are uncomfortable about mm. being in a in a place where they have to make a selection. Yeah. What are your sort of tips for that, and how do you negotiate that, and how have you found that, and like, what do you think is a nice way to explain to people that they should feel comfortable? Yeah. Well, I guess it's if you're coming back to. Um, Hawke's Bay and Salador and all the rest of it don't mm. make it too pretentious um, don't hike up the prices or anything like that, just let people come in and try wines and experience it because mm. um, I think if you try to go to too prestigious or you know um, try to make it to um, I guess what's the word you know 
too fancy and all the rest of it, then it will sort of turn people off. They will go back to just wanting to drink. But if there's a person who kind of like, I like white wine or I like red mm. wine, and that's about as far as they can, mm. <laughs> they mm. can go comfortably. What should they be doing to? enhance that experience well I think just or to feel comfortable I stepping think, out of I just that look go to the supermarket or bottle store or whatever you can buy fantastic wines between 10 and 12 dollars don't keep on drinking the same brands the same varieties um, you know branch out try something different instead of drinking Chardonnay or Sauvignon Blanc try a Gewurz Tramina or a Pinot Gris mm-hmm. but don't drink the same labels like try something completely different and, mm-hmm. and work it that way I mean and then you might find something you like what are you never tried before what are your top tips a good red wine for a basic drinker that likes a red wine a good white wine for a basic drinker that wants a white um, wine that wants something a bit different look I have to be honest I'm not a huge fan of Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc I think um, you know Kiwi stuff try a Chardonnay or a Pinot Gris um, especially from the North Island and and reds, well, once again, Hawke's Bay do fantastic reds, but once again, I shouldn't be saying that. Saying this, um, there's a lot of fantastic cheap Australian reds out there as well, so, you know, mix it up, try something different, not only from New Zealand, but from Australia.